Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. Folks, I want to start off by saying that I am going to be taking the next couple of days off, but do not worry and do not despair because we have a bunch of really timely interviews stacked up for you for the rest of the week, and I will be returning back live-ish on Tuesday. But coming up in the next couple of days that I am taking some time off, we have our normal weekly conversation with our friend, Dr. Jonathan Metzl. Uh, We have a couple of interviews with some folks that you know and love, like Kurt Bardella and Danielle Campamore, as well as our friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson from Make It Plain, and Leslie Mack, communications director for The Frontline coming up in the next couple of days. And so I want to start off, friends, with obviously the major breaking news that broke earlier this week with regard to Donald Trump and his home in Mar-a-Lago being searched by the FBI. This is what I want to say about that. First of all, it is apparent that Republicans continue to not give a fuck about the legal system, about justice, about accountability, about politics as usual, about democracy, about any of those things. Because the series of tweets that have come out from people like Kevin McCarthy, Ted Cruz, and others that essentially are putting the Department of Justice and Democrats on notice that they plan on when and if they take back the House in midterm elections to open up a series of investigations into Merrick Garland, into investigation, into an investigation. And what I have to remind folks and and remind Democrats are that The Republicans are a rabid fucking cult, right? They are a white supremacist, anti-democratic fascist cult. And if we do not continue to call out the 
violence that they speak of, if we do not continue to call out their anti-democratic sentiments and just allow it to be casually just business as usual, we are going to find ourselves in major fucking trouble as if we're not already in major fucking trouble. Now you would think that I would be jumping up and down about the fact that the FBI had, you know, was able to obtain a warrant and search Donald Trump's home. To be honest, until we find out what the contents of that search uh, was, what the contents of the warrant was, I am not going to count my chickens before they hatch. I am not going to pretend that this is going to automatically turn into a series of indictments and that we are going to see those that are treasonous, have waged treasonous behavior against this country, that they're actually going to be held accountable. What I will say is that contrary to Republican belief and even some of the fucking talking points that I'm hearing push back from Democrats, which are literally uttering Donald Trump's own talking points as if we've learned nothing over the last six years, is that one the only way for the FBI to have attained a warrant to search Donald Trump's property is by probable cause. And probable cause is more than suspicion, right? It is having to go to a judge and say that there is evidence of criminal activity. And the only way for us to be able to confirm, right, that there is criminal activity is for us to be able to search the property. And once we are able to then search and either come up with to the conclusion that nothing was found or that exactly what it was that we were looking for was found. So this is not a willy nilly just, oh, we've been sitting around for the last 18, 19 months. And now all of a sudden the department of justice and the FBI has turned into some type of political strong arm. That is not the case. How do we know that? Because I myself have been on this show and other people's shows calling out Merrick Garland's glacial fucking pace, right? As it pertains to holding Donald Trump to account. We understand, right, that this is an unprecedented time. It's an unprecedented search. But what's not being followed up by the media is that this was an unprecedented fucking president who was a criminal, it is not just like we didn't like Donald Trump, so now he's being investigated on all of these fronts. It's that, no, Donald Trump is a known fucking criminal that has had multiple lawsuits against him over his entire career, none of which have stuck, which is why they refer to him as Teflon Don. And now he took that criming ass behavior to the White House right? And thought that he had insulated himself enough with enough sycophants and enough people in different agencies to do his bidding that he never thought for an instance that he would ever face anybody in windbreakers at his front doorstep, which he didn't because he was in fucking New York, right? And why was Donald Trump in New York? Oh, because his appeal against the New York AG's insistence on him testifying before her in her fucking legal search of a civil suit against Donald Trump and the Trump organization, right? So there's just so many things that are going on. And it isn't like the Republicans pursuit of Hillary Clinton for Benghazi or her emails or Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. There is actual evidence brought out in the fucking open evidence of Donald Trump's criming. But what we know is that Republicans don't care. 
right? They want to weaponize any agencies against people who have alternative ideologies and thoughts, meaning those that believe in democracy, they see as anti-patriotic and those that are pro fucking Orban and Putin and Donald Trump are the real patriots. That's the fucking earth too, that they live on. So what I want people to recognize is that this was indeed a major step by the FBI and the department of justice, but let's be clear that the other conversation that is being had that I feel like is not getting the kind of attention that it should is the fact that people are very fearful, right? That Donald Trump will once again, weaponize his white supremacist militia against the government, the way he did on January 6th, that all of instantly what was coming out of the tweets from the right wing, from the fascist right wing, are talks about a civil war, are talks about violence, are talks about shoot them up, are talks about lock and load, right? Because these people are in fact itching for the opportunity to kill as many people as they can. And the fact is, is that we are just not talking about this with the measure of fucking like alarm bells that we should. This type of language should not be shrugged off as this is just, you know, politics as usual. It is not. Donald Trump has poisoned the well of our democracy. He did so six years ago and he has never let up. And the fact is, is that all of these people who at one time six years ago had half a working brain have all become Trumpist bots and they are willing to do whatever it takes in order to keep Donald Trump in power as their king. And so if that means having an all out onslaught, if they were to regain the gavels for midterms against Democrats and creating political prisoners of the people that they do not like, that is what we are going to see. And that is what they are telling us, right? So what did Maya Angelou say? When people show you who they are, believe them, right? Republicans consistently continue to tell us who they are, continue to tell us who they bow to right? Who they are in service to. And it is not the American people. It is Donald Trump. One of the questions that I asked this week on Twitter, however, is this, given the fact that we saw Kansas, a conservative state come out, right? And say, absolutely not to a ban on abortion in their state. With these reactions now around Donald Trump being under investigation, which we already know, but now finally being quote unquote searched, right? Are Republican women who came out in Kansas, are Republican women across the nation going to decide that going to bat for Donald Trump is more important than going to bat for their bodily autonomy? Is it going to be the decision that, oh my God, they've gone after my king, my man, the pussy grabber in chief that they would rather go to the polls and pull a slot for Republicans so that they can stand by their man, right? So that's the real question because people are saying on the news that, oh my God, this comes as such a bad timing for Democrats. And I'm saying why Democrats have just passed an onslaught of fucking legislation that we have not seen in this country in 20 and 30 some odd goddamn years. And they did so while, right, our intelligence agencies were doing their job. 
You see the intelligence agencies not working in fucking tandem like they did on the Trump administration with this White House and with Congress is exactly how government is supposed to fucking work. So Democrats are able to get things done for the American people while our intelligence agencies are making sure that people, all people, including the former president of the United States, are following the law. If I'm a Democrat right now and I got a microphone in front of my face and I'm running for re-election, right? I'm saying Democrats are showing proof is in the pudding, that we can walk and chew gum at the same time, that we can deliver for the American people in terms of climate change, inflation reduction, jobs reports, in terms of, you know, being able to combat some of the serious issues in this country while also holding a former fucking criminal ass president accountable. I don't understand what wouldn't make that a winning message. It isn't about one or the other. It's the fact that you have an entire Republican party that does not give a fuck about the American people that does not give a fuck about offering up any policies or any legislations that are about giving something to the American people. The only thing that Republicans are interested in is taking things away from the American people, whether it is their ability to collectively bargain, whether it is their ability to afford healthcare, whether it is their ability to have bodily autonomy, whether it is their ability to vote, whether it is their ability to breathe fresh air and drink clean water. Everything that Republicans do is about taking away something as opposed to offering it up. And that to me is the clear message that Democrats need to be pounding into the American consciousness from now until midterm elections and fucking beyond. Because the threat, dear friends, is not going to be over because midterm elections is over. These people are out for blood. And I mean that fucking literally. So if we are not paying attention to what they are saying out loud, then once again, we are going to be caught off guard and unprepared for what is coming next. And I am telling you that my feeling in my gut right now is that violence is imminent and people need to be prepared for that. Coming up next, my conversation with our good friend, our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, who will talk about this issue and what he is seeing and hearing as it pertains to the escalation of white domestic terrorism in this country, as well as bring us up to date with where we are with not one, not two, but the three viruses that are dangerous and circulating around this country. That's coming up next. Hey there, I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics, hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. 
Folks, you know that whenever I have the opportunity to speak each and every week with our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, I am always thrilled. Uh, I am even more so thrilled this week because, my God, folks, um, something miraculous has happened. And it is, I don't know if hell has frozen over, but Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence was, in fact, uh, searched by the FBI. I will not be using the word raided, uh, which is his language that the media then repeated over and over again that they raided him and they broke in to his safe. No, the FBI gets a warrant from a judge and it ha- they have to show what is the word? Probable cause in order for them to be able to enter into anyone's residence, including uh, a former president of the United States. Jonathan, as the narrative started to play out, um, and again, this was, you know, major breaking news and there's no uh, there, there is no uh, blueprint for this, what is what is happening. And there hasn't been a blueprint for what has been happening in America over the last couple of years that you and I have been engaging in conversation. But I want to say that as people were starting to recognize the gravity of the situation, there were several commentators who made reference to the fact that they were concerned about what Donald Trump supporters were going to do in response to the FBI searching Mar-a-Lago, particularly being concerned that Donald Trump would once again weaponize the white supremacist organizations that he had sent to Capitol Hill to go and hang his vice president, now turn around um, and pose another threat to the government. Jonathan, the way that the conversation was happening, though, on cable news made it seem like it was kind of like a shrug event. And to me, we're talking about a former president of the United States gathering his own militia once again in order to turn it on the government. So, you know, you get into the minds of these people and have over the past several years. And I want to know what you make of 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 that narrative of that response that this is where we are as a country that we are concerned about this man who we now know wanted his generals uh because general milley has a new book out as everybody does that comes out of the trump administration talking about the fact that he wanted his generals to act like Hit- why can't my generals act like hitler's generals right and again we're talking about this in a very to me, in a very dismissive way, as opposed to we're at a five alarm emergency. So what did you what have you been making um, of of the responses to uh, to this search by the FBI? I mean, it's such an evolving story, you know, as we film this. (laughs) And so I think the main issue, I'm, I'm certainly there were threatening tweets and messages coming out yesterday across the kind of Oath Keeper style spectrum. And there were also threatening tweets coming out from the NRA, official NRA um, uh, site and from people invoking the Bruin case, the, the Supreme Court case about, about weapons. And so there were some pretty real threats that were going around l- last night. Um, and I think really the story for me, I, I don't know, I th- I could easily be wrong about this. I'm I'm not that worried, relatively speaking, about the Oath Keepers taking over the country. Um, may, maybe there'll be something horrible that happen, will happen, and, and that seems a distinct possibility. But I mean, I think for me, the bigger concern is that 
that they make Trump into a sympathetic figure, which will impact a lot more people than just people who are in extremist groups. And so I think that really, for me, the question is, what are they going to uncover? And it, what are they uncovering from all this? And we don't know that mm-hmm. right now. Um, if it's Al Capone's vault, or if it's something that's just technical and doesn't make um, emotional sense to people, then I think it plays into the narrative that Trump has been using all along about the narrative of racial resentment and victimhood. And, you know, once he pretty recently ago, he said, I'm like the most oppressed person in the country or something like that. Um, and, and so I think that's going to be the thing is what's the story based on what they find, but if it's some slam dunk thing that people can understand, Oh yeah, this dude broke the law. Then then I think it's a different story. So I think it's really honestly TBD right now, but I do think there's obviously a risk in this that they basically rally everyone <laughs> around Trump um, or Trump gets in, you know, convicted of something that is a kind of minor issue in terms of how people understand it. Like, oh, he just took some papers or something like that. It paves the way for DeSantis, but Trump remains a powerful, sympathetic figure. So I, I think there's a, a major political story that's going to come out of this um, that will impact the elections. It will impact the work of the January 6th committee. It will impact any possible collaboration on other things that are pending before Congress, like marriage equality and all these factors. And so I think that right now there's just there's there's so many variables from this. And let's just hope that somebody really, really, really thought this through and that there is some kind of slam dunk evidence that's going to come out of this, which I think will will make things a, a lot more. It'll, it'll make a lot more sense to people. But I don't know. Is that, is that you your know, sense uh, also? Yeah. But, but yeah, because here's my thing is that like this is this has been my problem with the Department of Justice, the FBI <clears throat> and all of the our like security agencies is that I think that they have been too cautious. I think that they have been uh, too slow. Right. That if anyone else in this country, even if it was another political figure, namely Hillary Clinton and her emails that were investigated over and over again. And then right before the presidential election of 2016, James Comey announces, oh, we're opening up another investigation. Right. Like, that's OK. That witch hunt, that clear witch hunt is totally fine to do over and over again which clearly harmed her political chances of becoming president because of how close to the November election that that action took place. And so for people that were already against Hillary Clinton, all it gave them was um, was another excuse. Here we have a situation where Donald Trump, we didn't even know when the FBI entered Mar-a-Lago what case we were talking about, right? Because that's how many investigations that Donald Trump is under. Right. And so the fact to me that you had the minority leader, the, you know, the minority speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, openly threatening Merrick Garland on social media, on Twitter, saying that you better have your papers in order and you better clear your schedule. It's like, so what is your response here? Just that everyone that is a Republican is above the law. No one gets to be prosecuted for anything because if they are, if there's even a hint of accountability or responsibility, then it's a witch hunt. And so I ask you, like, 
there it, to me, it, it, there's no way to win over that 25, 30% of the population that like sees Donald Trump as a martyr and a God, right? So are, are we trying to a- appeal to those people and think that any evidence that was going to be found or is going to be found and announced is going to be enough for these people not to think that Donald Trump isn't a martyr? Again, it really depends what the story that comes out of this is. I mean, it's such a such a central tenant. I mean, obviously, it's ironic because in 2016, Trump rode to power on um, lock her up, lock her up, but also um, illegally exposed documents on email. <laughs> so, like, so it's exactly exactly the same issue, possibly. Um, and. And and but being a central tenet of that of that thought is mistrust of the government, weaponizing of the government, all those things. And so, in a way, it's just it's just gonna it's gonna strike so deep in terms of just the anxiety of like liberals turning the government against us. The government is biased. The FBI is biased. All those kind of things. And so, you know, if if they have a slam dunk case, if this has been signed off on by people up top and bottom, and this is something that is really big. Our whole conversation changes, right? Um, But I can't imagine. I mean, to be honest, I can't imagine that it's not. I can't imagine that Donald Trump took documents that were supposed to be part of the National Archives, right? Anything like there's no blaming of this. Oh, I had no idea, sir, that that box was you know in my in my safe that you need a fingerprint for. You know, like so it it isn't. And and this is something. This is 2022. He took those documents, you know, January 2021 when he left the White House. So I can't imagine that they wait this incredible amount of time and they haven't crossed every T and dotted every I. I'm sure that's right. I'm sure that's right. I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's right. I mean, and again, it, it's just. Um, it's but I guess be, the question, yeah. Jonathan, is do you believe. Just given everything that we know right now, we know that we will find out more as the weeks uh, turn into months um, with regard to what was the source of this uh, of this warrant. But do you feel that violence is inevitable given what is transpiring, given just how hopped up on lies and weaponry? Donald Trump's following is that regardless, violence is inevitable. I mean, there were direct, there was, people were just directly saying it last night. So, I mean, the NRA was saying it. And and so, um, you know, just the pe- people were saying on Twitter, this is going to lead to the next civil war. This is going to lead to the next interaction. So it's not even what I think. People were directly threatening that last night on social media or very clearly implying it. Um, and so I, I do think, of course, the risk is is very, very, very high. How, how they play this right now is going to be of really the utmost importance, which of course they know, of course they know. Um, but again, I think that the other issue is going to be this is this is a week where Biden, look, the Democrats had just passed like the, you know, their si- signature Biggest, achievement. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that Biden didn't, apparently didn't know about this raid, and that uh, so the timing here is is not great for the Democrats. <laughs> I'll say that. It, it's, but it, see, I disagree. Yeah, I actually disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because 
The Republican narrative has always been that this is a witch hunt and nothing else is getting done for the American people because the entire attention of the Democratic Party has been about taking down Donald Trump. And here is a clear example of the fact that no, no, right? Government actually can work and we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can work on behalf of the American people and have our security uh, and justice agencies be doing their work. Right. So I think that if you are if the Democrats are smart, right, they can continue to focus on their monumental achievements that are being signed into law this week and saying, like, we're continuing to work for the American people while our agencies that were hollowed out by the Trump administration are doing their work. Right. We yeah. we have two parallels. Uh, but, but let me just say, I, of course, I completely agree with that. And and again, I also think people who broke the law <laughs> should be punished. Um, you know, just like, I agree. What with a you, crazy that, idea. I know it's nuts. Um, but, but, but I, but I would say that for me, again, I'll, let me just articulate the two caveats I'm going to give, which is why it's so important. What the purpose of this is, how they, how they talk about it, how they message it. Um, beyond just the obvious, you know, I, I agree, like people, no matter what they say, um, you know, they could, I, I'm, they could, there are many unsolved cases they could find in his safe and it still wouldn't make, make any difference. Um, but, but I would say that the two points are number one, I mean, think about what's happened over the last couple of months. Like the wall street journal came out against Trump. The New York post came out against Trump. Trump had become a liability for many relatively centrist within the context of GOP politics, um, um, voices. And so the question is, are those people, is, is being anti-Trump all of a sudden going to become untenable? Are you going to push those people back towards seeing Trump as a sympathetic character? Or will this be like, oh man, this is another example of why we can't have Trump as president. So I think that's really issue number one, as far as, as far as how, how I see it. And number two, the Democrats have their rallying cry, right? Abortion has been, I mean, this Indiana thing is atrocious. It's its its beyond atrocious. And so the rallying cry of women are going to come out to vote and you kick the wrong hornet's nest and all those kind of things. Um, will this become the GOP's version of the rally the troops to the polls that counters that? And so for me, those, those are the two bigger caveats that I'm thinking about. And again, it really matters what they found and how they articulate it. And, and, and so this is still playing out. Um, but for me, those are my two areas of concern. Yeah. And I think that I would, you know, with regard to Indiana and these other states that are following suit with the most egregious and disgusting anti-abortion laws, that I don't think that the grievances of one man is going to trump women and people with uteruses not having bodily autonomy. I don't I think GOP yeah. women are going to be like, oh my God, you know what I care most about? Donald Trump, you know, be being like the end all be all for the, for the Republican party. And it doesn't matter that I can't access an abortion or my daughter or my sons, right. Um, who are, you know, who, who are involved, um, in, in, in situations that require them. And so I just don't see in my opinion, and again, we will watch this play out, that people's own right issue, bodily autonomy, freedom and liberty is literally, pun intended, going to trump what is happening personally to Donald Trump with his criminal activity um, as we get to the polls. Switching gears. Wait, um, before we, before we okay. leave, let me just yeah. say, like, I mean, I, I agree with you. It just... It's just like there are so many different logics at play. I mean, I don't know if you saw at CPAC, like 
the guy in the fake oh, I saw prison them. cage. <laughs> the yeah, guy I saw the, them. The guy in the fake prison cage, um, uh, doing the kind of performance art of like sympathy for the January six people. And it turned out that guy, the artist himself, who I think is from New was York, was at the insurrection. Yeah, he was no least at the insurrection. He turned state's evidence against other <laughs> insurrectionists. other insurrectionists. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think like the logical stream is totally at play here. So, I, again, I just think I just think that the narrative is the fight now is over the narrative of this, and so and I think that's super important. That the, my my point is not to counter what you're saying. Obviously. Oh yeah, no, I get it. But I think the fight now is over the narrative, and that's why I think it's. It's so important, not only that they had the goods, but that the narrative they're going to tell now is something that is understandable to people. Um, okay, switching gears with the few minutes that we have left, I uh, want to provide an update on where we are with the bio uh, viral uh, uh, attacks that are happening in this country. We are alive um, in the weirdest damn time, man. <laughs> I mean, it's so, I, I tweeted this last night and I was just like, we are living in, like now I understand when people say the phrase extraordinary times, because yeah. this is, I feel this is, this has got to cap every other moment in, in history. This has got to cap world war two. I mean, there's just so much going on. I wouldn't want ever to be president of the United States during this time. Um, but here we have now, not only COVID, not only monkeypox, which uh, whose initial narrative just completely botched the response to how we should have been talking about monkeypox. And thank you, Jonathan, for last week, making the case that, yeah, this is actually moving more like smallpox not like an STD, which is how the the media and, you know, and other initial reportings were coming out that it's like, oh no, this is in the gay male community. So no one else needs to be concerned. And you're like, mm, but if you're using a blanket or a shirt or putting your arm on surfaces that were touched, like that's not sex, but that's close contact. Um, or, or kids in daycare. Or kids be- in daycare or college campuses, as you had brought up as well last week. Now, (laughs) it's 1950, and we got polio that is making its way back. Jonathan, how? How does that happen? Well, we... Human progress is is not linear. Turns out, um, we we defeated smallpox. We defeated polio. There, it was um, it was like landing a man on the moon, right? We had two polio. Vaccines, a, a, um, a attenuated vaccine, a live vaccine, uh, oral, uh, injectable. It was like the race to put the first man on the moon. And there were, there were, you know, the Salk vaccine, the Sabin vaccine. Like we, we won that fight. It was a, it was a moment for the victory of science um, and the victory of American ingenuity and the victory of public health. And, and what you do is then you vaccinate people. And it's super effective when you vaccinate people against an illness that was just a catastrophe for so many people, not only because it's potentially lethal, but because when it wasn't lethal, it impacted your motor function for the rest of your life. Um, But when you don't get vaccinated, you don't have that protection. And so the question is, why why aren't people getting vaccinated? And believe it or not, um, it's not just an American story. In fact, when I first heard about this with concern, it was happening in the Middle East about four or five months ago. 
where Israel scrambled because people of very low socioeconomic status were having polio, which was unheard of, unheard of. Um, but it turned out they didn't have access to healthcare or to immunization. It wasn't just that they were like rabid anti-vaxxers. It's that they didn't have potential healthcare. And it's the same story here in the United States that we're going to see people who don't have access to healthcare, um, who can't afford it, who don't have a clinic or something like that. Um, I, there are apparently hundreds or more cases in New York, in, in the state of New York. Um, and so this is not just going to be a red blue thing, but when people don't have healthcare and they don't get immunized according to schedule, this is, this is the story. And so it's a symptom of a bigger collapse of our healthcare system and particularly of our preventative healthcare system. And unfortunately, I think this story is just going to grow because our system is overwhelmed. It's ineffective. There's so much mistrust right now anyway. But this is a this is a flashing, flashing, flashing red flag because this really should not happen. But let me ask you this too: Didn't we stop immunizing people against polio because we thought that it was eradicated? Like I'm trying to figure out whether or not I was vaccinated for polio. Yeah, I was. Okay. Yeah. No, the thing is, we we stopped. Um, we stopped because there's there's still more polio around. But right. We, we're going to have to scramble, uh, scramble on that front. Um, smallpox is another thing to keep in mind, right? We stopped, I think, in 1973, I think, or sometime around then for, for smallpox because there was no more smallpox. But it turned out people like me who got the smallpox vaccine <laughs> when I was a kid because there still was the potential of it had some immunity. But we're going to have to go back to that regimen. I mean, unfortunately, the issue is think about how we got there, right? We had tents all over the country and nurses and healthcare, everything. And it was a national thing. And everybody was like showing their arm after getting vaccinated, stuff like that, like kind of like it was in the beginning with COVID when mm-hmm. we first had a vaccine. Um, but to stop this thing, you're going to need a similar level of investment. And uh, I don't see that happening right now. We can't even pass funding to get the next COVID vaccine. So this is a, this is a moment. You know, honestly, I agree with you. This is a moment. Yeah, I don't even know. I wanted to leave on a good note, but I can't think of one. Um, so. Well, it's it's funny, you know, it's funny you say that because like, I don't know if it's me or everybody else, but like I do Twitter a lot and like every other tweet now is some funny story with animals. Um, are you getting that also? Or is it just no. me? Like maybe because I started clicking on it because I'm like, oh, look at that cute little panda who can like play tic-tac-toe or something like that. Um but uh, but I am getting a lot of cheerful animal videos on my Twitter feed. So it's like doom, death, doom, death. Oh, that dog knows how to use an ATM. How cute. You know, something like that. So, yeah, um, everyone needs to have some balance yeah. <laughs> uh, during these times. As always, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, we appreciate you. Um, and, you know, God knows what virus we'll be talking about next week. But, you know. We'll just roll the dice. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all of the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. 
Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.